our oldest living church member passed away. Her name was Miss Polly Putnam. And when I met with Miss Polly's family, her niece and her nephew, they began to paint a picture of Miss Polly for me when she was younger. Miss Polly uh, was called to, felt called to teach Sunday school here at Piedmont First Baptist many, many years ago. And they told, uh, told me that after she was felt called to teach Sunday school, that she went out and she bought biblical encyclopedias and she bought biblical dictionaries and she bought all kind of crafts and all kind of things. And every Saturday afternoon, she would, in her living room, she would lay out all these elaborate crafts and she would lay out those books and she would make her Sunday school class relate so well to everything that was going on and everything that was being talked about. She brought those children into the story no matter where the story took place and no matter where it was. Before Miss Polly passed away, I had the opportunity to visit her in Piedmont Healthcare with Paul Harper. And Paul and I were talking to Miss Polly there in the nursing home, and they were talking about her Sunday school class that Paul was in over 50 years ago. And Paul was talking to her about how he remembered every Sunday morning the crafts that she put together that related to the lesson and the stories that she told about the places where the lesson took place. And he told her, Miss Polly, I want you to know that it was while I was in your Sunday school class that I came to faith in Jesus Christ and made him my Lord and Savior. And I realized over the past couple of days as I've been looking at missions and how we live on missions, that there on Hill Avenue... In Piedmont, Alabama, Miss Polly Putnam was living on mission right where she was, and she was coming from Hill Avenue every Sunday morning to a little Sunday school classroom up here on the second floor, and she was taking our children, I say our children, I, I wasn't even born then, but she was taking those children in her class, and she was being missional there in that Sunday school class, she was using the gift and ability that God had blessed her with, and she was doing that right here in Piedmont, Alabama, for the glory of God. And people like Paul Harper came to know Christ through her teaching, and now Paul lives on mission every day in his life. What does it mean to live on mission? It simply means that we're intentional in trying to reach our neighbors in the nation with the gospel through any talent or gift that God has given us. Just like these ladies have spoke of this morning, and to see Kaylee and Darby here and to know how uncomfortable just a year ago they were with standing in front of people and talking about anything, but to see the Holy Spirit work in their lives and bring them here, and to hear Pam talk about how at one point she was mentoring them, but now they're mentor, mentor, they were mentoring her. She was mentoring them, and now they're mentoring her. Because I sat with Darby. Uh, for about an hour a couple of weeks ago, and, and I was talking with her about a lot of these ideas and a lot of these things, and she told me about Clarkston, Georgia, and she explained to me the situation there and all the 60 different, um, uh, 60 different languages that may be spoken there, 30 different ethnic groups, and I looked at Darby, and I said, Darby, I'm going to admit something to you. That frightens me, and I need you and Kaylee at your age, to help me to understand that and to help me to know how someone my age who doesn't understand that can be a part of missions there. 
So they're living intentionally every day in missions. I read this quote this week, and I'm being judicious with my time, and I'm, I'm going to hurry, but it said this, when the church ceases to be missional, it contradicts its own nature. When the church ceases to be missional, it contradicts its own nature. Every church, every, every person, and missions should have a vital role in every church. It's the greatest growing opportunity for you spiritually. It strengthens our body of believers. And here's what we're called to do. We're either called to do one of two things. We're either called to serve and to go, or we're called to send. And we're called to help people to be able to go. What they said about in 24 hours' time, having $1,900 available to them, that's our, if we're not going, then that's our obligation. We either serve, we send, or we're disobedient. And we should pray, as we live missionally, we should pray for full-time missionaries to be called from our congregation here at Piedmont First Baptist. Missional work is a love, is a work of love. Most of the time, if you listen to these people, as these three ladies talk, they fell in love with missions, but they fell deeper in love with the Lord Jesus Christ through doing missions. When we live missionally, we're carrying a message of love, which is the gospel. And the gospel is God's great love story. The Bible is God's love letter to us all, and that's what we're taking with us, whether it's in our neighborhood, the way that Polly Putnam was doing, or whether it is getting on a plane and going to Haiti the way that these three are. You see, to live on missions is to love people. The verses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 say this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. You see, to live on missions is to love people. There, uh, there are over, in, in the world today, and the latest statistics that I could find say that there are over 3,000 unreached people groups in, in the world. A pe people group is simply an ethno-linguistic, that means they all speak the same language, group with a common self-identity that's shared by most of the members. members. There's almost 3 billion people in the world who've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's astounding. The danger, but there is a danger in not loving people and becoming mechanical about missions. We may focus on the outward things. Many times, as Pam said, probably some of you grew up in an era and a time where missionaries came to your church and they showed slideshows and you would watch those slides and in your mind you would think, wow, God calls certain people, he calls those people to go and do missions and, you know, we, they come and show us, and we can pray for them, or we can give them money. But little did Pam know that she would someday go on several different mission trips and be able to go and do those things. We can get, there's a lot of planning and preparing that they're having to do. There's a lot of shots that they're having to get. There's a lot of different things that they're having to do to prepare for this. And as we, as they are getting closer to that time, we need to pray that they don't get caught up in all the mechanics of the things that they have to do to get to be able to go, but that they're focusing on the mission that they have when they arrive there and the mission that they may have before they ever get there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of problems and a lot of things that they may encounter. Customs is never an easy situation. 
It's always an aggravating thing to have to go through customs. There are always problems and things that arise that we never think of. They're going to encounter for the first time, they're going to encounter something called Santeria, which is a mixture of voodoo and, the, and, and Catholicism that they're going to see and they're going to encounter. And we need to pray for them to have wisdom there and how when they encounter that and to be able to pray through the darkness that they're going to encounter in those situations. We should be praying. Mission, mission, be living missional without loving people is pointless. A missionary strategy without love and a missionary journey without love is pointless. Missionaries at home or missionaries uh, at, abroad have to love people. Without love, all missional efforts are fruitless. And without love, all missionary teaching is just noise. Think about the ways that we serve on that we live on mission here at Piedmont First Baptist every single week. This morning, there were men who got up an hour earlier than probably what they have to some Sundays to go and to, and to get on vans and to go through neighborhoods in Piedmont and intentionally and missionally go and pick up children and adults who have no other way to get to church and to bring them here and to get them to, to a place where they can grow in their relationship with Jesus. We have people... And this goes back to service that we talked about last week. We have people on Wednesday evenings who are serving meals at Awana and regroup with our youth group on Wednesday nights. Let me tell you, don't just serve that meal. Don't just let those children walk through there without talking to those children and without speaking to those children and without encouraging those children and without showing the love of Jesus. I spent uh, the weekend at a conference on school safety this weekend, and the man who was uh, in charge of that conference told the incredible story of his life in the public school system and the torture, pretty much the torture that he lived in through 13 years there of, of being outcast and being bullied and being all the things that he went through. But he talked about three adults in those 13 years who saved his life and who, because of their, the love that they poured into him and the extra mile that they went for him, and the things that they did for him helped him get through those things. You have no idea on Wednesday evening when you're macaroni and cheese or you're cutting a slice of cake for a kid, you have no idea what that child's home life is like. You have no idea what they're struggling with or what they're going through. Take a couple of minutes and let them make them feel like the most important person in the world while you're handing them that piece of cake. You never know how much difference it's going to make in their life. We have people who are teaching Sunday school here every Sunday morning, just like Ms. Putnam was years ago. And they're going through the, uh, the, uh, going through the time to put that together and prepare. We have senior adults who go into ICU waiting rooms and, and uh, pray with people who've been there. Sometimes those people have been there for a month or six weeks waiting on their loved ones and, and, and desperate. And they go by and pray with them. It may be that you're a greeter on Sunday morning. You know what the, one of the most important, I, I think probably the most important job we have here on Sunday morning is somebody new coming to our church and somebody reaching out and shaking their hand and smiling at them and telling them welcome. That's living missional. All you have to do is brush your teeth, brush your hair, and you can be a greeter. To, to live on mission is to love people. To live on mission is to love souls. Some, some love people, but they care only for the outward needs. There are great organizations in the world 
such as Red Cross or UNICEF, who do a lot of great humanitarian things, but they don't take care of the most important thing, which is the need for salvation in the soul. As we go and we live missionally, and we do things like feeding and housing and clothing and helping people, as Pam said, helping people continue their education, we meet these physical needs, it's important, but it's not everything. Jesus said in Mark 9, 41, For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. People can be well cared for. They can have all of their comforts here in this life met and still go to hell. Jesus stressed the importance of the soul. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36, he said, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his so, missions, living on missions should major on reaching people for Jesus Christ. And in our context at Piedmont First Baptist Church, as we develop missions and as we develop more strategy for mission, our main, our main mission will always be to partner with people who are planting churches around the world and helping them get those churches established and then letting them take and meet the needs of the people spiritually and physically there in those areas. So, who cares? Who cares if a sinner goes to hell? Why should we care? Why should we care about people in a foreign land? Let me tell you how I have watched this evolve in Kaylee's life. I have watched this evolve in Kaylee's life so dramatically because when Kaylee was a girl in, in youth group, Kaylee didn't say a lot, but there was not a week that went by that she didn't raise her hand and say, please pray for my dad to be a Christian. Please pray for my dad to be saved. Please, it was, a, it was the greatest desire of her heart as a Christian was to see her dad be saved and to see him become a Christian. And to see, she had no idea once he became a Christian how God would use him later on as a Christian. All she wanted to know was that his soul was safe and secure in the arms of Jesus. And it has gone from growing. There was a longing and a desire. And she didn't just ask us to pray. She prayed earnestly day and night to see her dad come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? He did. And boy, has he not been a blessing to this church and to this community as a Christian leader. And now that burning desire in her heart is not just for her dad, but for the dads of, of children um, in other places, for dads in Nicaragua, for dads in Haiti, for children in places, and not just there, but for children and for teenage girls that she has the opportunity to pour into all the time here. Kaylee had a desire to see her dad become a Christian, and because of that earnest praying and desire, God has taken that and he's grown it to a place that she never dreamed that she would be able to go to. Why do we care? We care because God the Father cared enough to send His Son, Jesus Christ. And the Son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to die for us in our sins. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And He went. He was the only substitute. He was the only one who could be the sacrifice for us because He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He went through every temptation that anyone could face, and he still was able to go to a cross at Calvary, blameless and sinless, and take our place. And because of that, this morning, the Holy Spirit cares, and he calls sinners to repent and to turn and to follow Jesus.
And we should be living in such a way that we're doing the same thing. Living on mission no matter where we are. One of our teachers at the high school several years ago went on a mission trip to Alaska. It was the first uh, mission trip she'd ever gone on. And I talked to her before she left and before she got on a plane to go. And she was in just agony about getting on that plane and flying to some far region of Alaska and going and leaving her family and leaving her home. She, she was just completely uncomfortable with it. But she knew that God was sending her there and that she had to be obedient. As a result of her going, she got, to miss, she got to do missions to Eskimo children who in Alaska had never, ever heard the name Jesus Christ. She led two of those children to Jesus Christ, and when she got back, she told me about the seeds that were planted there and about how she couldn't wait to go back again and to, and to be a part of that mission. It's the same, it, no matter if it's here in a street in Piedmont or if it's in Alaska or if it's in China, wherever God has called us to be at that time, we live on mission because it's to live on mission is to love Jesus. Jesus gave this simple verse in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. His commandments were these. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountains to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That was Jesus, his great commission. And as he ascended, he left us with his great command. And he said this in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Do we love Jesus enough to tell others of his love? He said Jerusalem, Samaria, and Judea and the ends of the earth. I want to tell you this. If you are living on mission in Piedmont, Alabama, and you are serving God missionally in Piedmont, Alabama, don't, and it is what God has called you to do, and it is exclusively what he has called you to do, don't ever let me or anyone else make you feel inferior because you're not getting on a plane and flying somewhere else in the world. But if God has called you to get on a plane and to go somewhere else short term, or if he's called you to do missions for the rest of your life in a foreign land, don't let anyone discourage you or keep you from going and doing what it is that God has called you to do. Because the gospel has to be preached. The gospel has to be taken to the nations. And the gospel has to go. As I said earlier in my welcome, 200, I believe it was either 269 or 296 million people on the North American continent are not in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? Out of those 296 million people, you're going to encounter some of them this afternoon. You're going to encounter some of them tomorrow at work. You're going to encounter some of them tomorrow at school. Some of you are going to go home and be in the house with some of those people when you leave here today. It's your opportunity and it's your responsibility to live on mission in such a way that you are prepared to show and share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter what the situation. This morning, I want to close with this. I want to say this, first of all. 
If you heard my words just a few minutes ago and you know that Jesus Christ came and sacrificially gave his life, lived a sinless life for you, went to a cross at Calvary, died on that cross, was buried for three days in a tomb, was raised miraculously by the power of God, was, was witnessed by over 500 men there in that region, and then ascended back to heaven to be with the Father. If you hear that and you know that and you want to accept that as a part of your life, you want to repent of your sins and make it, make it your life, then this morning would be the greatest opportunity you'll ever have to do that. I can take scripture and show you exactly how to repent of your sins and how to know Jesus Christ throughout eternity as your Lord and Savior. And then I want us to do this. In a few minutes, I want, us, I want these three ladies to come right here and I want some of you to come, and I want you to pray over them. Because right now, this morning, they're sitting here, and they, they, they're just fine. They're over their nerves of getting up and speaking in front of all these people. That's behind them. But let me tell you what. The devil, don't want, the devil does not want them to go, and he does not want them to accomplish anything for the glory of God. So let me tell you what I want you to pray. I want you to pray for their health and safety before they go, and I want you to pray for their health and safety while they're there. I want you to pray for the problems that they may face with customs, the problems that they may face with uh, encounters that they may have that they've never encountered before. I want you to pray for their families who are going to be here April 12th through the 17th. You don't think that, um, that uh, there's going to be two sets of two daddies that's not going to be walking on uh, just, just pacing the floor until they see them back at the airport. Amen? I want you to pray for those moms and dads and the husband that Pam is leaving behind and, the, and children and grandchildren. I admire them for what they're doing. And in a few minutes, I want you to come and pray for them. But first, I want Micah to come and lead us in an invitation for salvation, baptism, membership, whatever it is that you need to, to do this morning. Would you stand Father, thank you. Thank you for the time that we have to be here this morning. Thank you for the incredible testimonies of these three women and what, they're, um, what you have called them to do and how they are doing it for the glory of God and for no other reason but to go and to be a witness and to live on mission where you've called them to be. Father, I pray, dear God, that this morning if there are those here who need to know Christ as Savior, if there are people who need to follow through baptism or who need to join this church, I pray that right now would be the time that they make that decision. In Jesus' name, amen.